Hey, what's going on? Super pumped to have you here today. Grateful to have you here. Thank you for being here, especially after reading the title. Today, I'm just going to share kind of an update with regard to the season that we're in right now with Brett's parents. His father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's about four and a half, five years ago. And it has created, it's been a gift in some ways. In many ways, it's been a gift. It's been very hard. It's been sad. It's been frustrating. It's been eye-opening. It's been life-altering, really, for many of us that are involved. And on the show, I talk about all things. If you're new to The Shaleen Show, I talk about hormones and kids, parenting, relationships, friendships, addiction, health, nutrition. If in any way, shape, or form, it relates to you being a better version of yourself or improving your life, we talk about it here on the show. And because so many of you are in this stage or you're going to enter into the stage where one or maybe even both of your parents or maybe even your spouse has early onset dementia or Alzheimer's, it just feels appropriate to talk about this. And every time I do talk about it on the show, I just get this incredible outpouring of messages from those of you who are going through it or who are in the middle of it or who've been through it. So that's what we're going to talk about today on The Shaleen Show. And it's not necessarily a downer. Some of the stuff is really funny. Like if you don't have a sense of humor about it, I don't know how you would get through it. That's what we're talking about today on The Shaleen Show. Super pumped that you're here. All right. I need to interrupt myself to talk about looking and feeling amazing. And that's why I want to thank today's sponsor who will help you do just that. It's Trophy Skin. Trophy Skin is the company that I absolutely love where the products, the physical products that they sell that allow you to save so much money and take care of your skin. Okay, true story. One of my very best friends, Dr. Michaela and I, we were working out the other day and she goes, okay, so why does your skin look like that? She said, look at my skin right now. I feel like I need to have it like all peeled off or something. It just looks like... I don't know. I need new skin. I said, oh, all right. I've got your company. Open up your phone and go to trophyskin.com. And here's what you're going to order. Get yourself an Ultraderm MD. And literally while we were there on the cycling bikes, she ordered an Ultraderm MD. It's normally $349, but because she used my code, she got 30% off. All right. So you go to trophyskin.com and use the code LIFER and you too can get 30% off. Now, they have more affordable home care products that you can use. These aren't just products, they're tools, literally. It's like you're giving yourself dermabrasion at home. They have machines that buff away the fine lines and wrinkles. They reduce signs of sun damage. You literally, like, your skin looks so good when you're done. Like, your makeup goes on so much easier, and it is salon-quality microdermabrasion so that you can have that soft, clear, glowing skin in less than five minutes. Yes, of course, you need to use lotions. And of course, you need an adequate or an appropriate, I should say, skincare routine, which I already did an episode on that. But taking care of our skin is important. It's an important part of appearing younger. Now, if you don't know which of their tools that is right for you, then just take their quick skincare assessment quiz, and they will give you recommendations based on your unique skin type. Again, To get 30% off, use the code LIFER when you go to trophyskin.com. And when you do, just know that you're not just taking care of your own skin, you're taking care of this podcast. I appreciate you supporting our show sponsors. 
So just to give you a little sense, a little background, Brett's father was diagnosed four or five years ago. And today, if I can just kind of describe what stage he's at, he knows who we are, but he might not know our names. I think he knows who the grandkids are. He definitely recognizes them. He might not know their names. He's a little confused sometimes on where he's at. He certainly doesn't know what day it is, what season we're in. He doesn't know if he's hungry. He doesn't know to eat if he is hungry. He doesn't remember to drink water if he's thirsty. It's interesting. Some things he can still do, like take a shower if someone turns the water on for him. If, however, you were to ask him to go into the kitchen and grab you a spatula, and even if the spatula was in plain view, if you said, can you go grab me that spatula, he wouldn't know what that was. He grabs something, that's for sure. He would definitely try. Some parts of his personality are still intact, and those pieces sometimes can make this even more difficult. He was a very strong, powerful man who was always in charge. Every room that he walked in, you felt his presence. Everyone looked to him for leadership. He couldn't be wrong. You know what I mean? You probably know that type. He was a former football coach. So even though he has Alzheimer's, there's still this little piece of him that, number one, wants to help and wants to take care Number two, wants to be in charge. And number three, never wants to look bad or look like he's not competent or feel a little bit vulnerable. And you sense that even though he's so incredibly vulnerable. Like he's at a stage now where you see it in his face. His eyes look scared to me and that's hard. Oh, it's hard to even say that. But... It's got to be even harder for Brett because you just see it in his eyes. You see that he's a little scared. <laughs> and that's scary. <sighs> okay, 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 okay. All right, sorry about that. Okay, so the last time I did an update on the show, just to recap, we were dealing with the fact that It just is really, really hard on Debbie, Brett's mom. She's the caregiver. Bob was always a caregiver. So there's been this real change in who she's married to. You know, it's not the same person. It is not the same person. Bob has lost his language. He can still speak, obviously, but he doesn't. He doesn't talk. If you ask him questions, he'll respond in, you know, like an affirmative or a nod, but she can't have conversations with him. And the only time he does speak when he's not prompted to, it's often something that doesn't make sense. And he's confused by where he is, or he's asking about someone who's long since passed, or he's trying to ask a question and you just don't want to make him feel like you know that he doesn't know what he's talking about. So he'll say like, so are we going to do the thing? And you want so desperately to make sure that he doesn't feel embarrassed because he does have that little bit of awareness. So you play along and you try to fill in the blanks and try to come up with the right answers for him. Anyways, that's the stage that he's at. And about a month ago, actually now it's been two months, Brett's mom decided that she wanted to move to Colorado and live in a horse ranch like her lifelong dream. 
we did a whole episode about that. I think it's a really sweet episode. I'll put a link to it in the show notes if this is the first time you've listened. It might be kind of great for you to go back and like listen to the progression of these episodes. The first time we talked about it was one year ago, and there's been a couple of episodes since then. So, you know, if you're going through this, it might be reassuring. It might be comforting to hear those episodes. So you might go back and listen to those. So that was about two months ago that she told us, all right, I'm moving to Colorado with your father. <laughs> and that was really hard on both the boys because a part of them felt like, how can you do this? Like, what? Are you kidding me? It's going to be so much harder for you there. But she was dying inside, literally dying. They were dying together in their homes. That's the only way I can describe it. Like they just were trapped in their homes, not going anywhere, both so unhappy and Bob just staring at Debbie, you know, waiting for her to take care of him and her just having no life. And so she was very depressed. And when she decided to make this move to Colorado, although both the boys, Brett and Rob, were like, oh, my gosh, is this the right thing to do? They knew that it was the right thing for their mother. And they also knew that their dad would just die without Debbie. Like she is his life. He worships her. I mean, if she steps away for even one minute, he's like, where's Debbie? Where's Debbie? He's just, he buys her little gifts. I mean, when he could, he just adores her. And so we knew if we tried to force them to stay here, it wasn't going to be good for either of them. And listen, they're adults. And I know this is really hard, but it's been a revelation for me too, to realize like our parents, they have to live their own lives. And you get to the stage where you want to parent your parents and you just can't. The same way once your kids are adults, like you just, you have to let them do what they're going to do. You can't control them. And the more you try to control them, the more unhappy you'll be. And so it was a process, but we finally got to a place where we just had to support their decision and hope for the best. And it's turned out really, really well. They love Colorado. Debbie does. And Bob is really, you know, busy kind of following his brother-in-law around on the property and he just wants to work. He just wants to help people. And he just, you know, he wants to have purpose every day. God bless him. And so I would say it was surprisingly a really positive thing. No one would have guessed it. No one would have thought it was the right thing for either of them, but it seems to have turned out well for the moment. Nonetheless, Bob's condition continues to decline. And being far, far away. There's nothing we can do to step in and intervene and and do the things that might maybe improve his condition. You know, like, I hate to say it, but your parents get to a certain age where it's just like, it's no use. They're going to eat the way they're going to eat. They're going to live the way they're going to live. And you can share with them podcasts and research and information. You can send them supplements. You can put together the perfect diet plan for them. But like your parents are your parents and they just they're going to do what they're going to do. And that's hard. But I think the more we just recognize, and I'm speaking to you too, the more we realize that we can't control other people. They're going to do what they're going to do. And you'll make yourself very unhappy trying to control someone who is an adult, who has decided for themselves what's best for them or what's easiest for them or how they want to live their lives. And so, you know, without saying more, that's what we've decided to do. And that includes the decision that Bob and Debbie made to travel back to California, a couple who are in their mid-70s, 
during the middle of a pandemic. And it took my breath away at first, but I also know how both of them feel about their lives. I know how they feel about their grandchildren. And we as a family discussed the risks. We discussed what that meant for them. We discussed what that meant for our families. We talked about the pros and the cons and just decided like they're coming back. So all we can do is do everything in our power to make that as safe as possible. And that is what we did. We made it as safe as possible. I can tell you it has now been three weeks since their visit and they didn't get sick. That's not to say that they won't, but they didn't get sick from this visit. And we were very, very careful to make sure that we could provide as safe of an environment as possible. Our son Brock and his girlfriend did not come home for Thanksgiving. My parents, Marge and Bill, were scheduled to be here for Thanksgiving, and we decided it wasn't probably a healthy thing for them. They decided that too, like they live in Michigan, and Michigan is not doing well. They didn't want to take that risk. And they're the same age as Brett's parents, but they're the same age, but they're at a very different stage, if that makes sense. I hope that it does, without saying more. And I ask for your kindness and your grace to refrain from judging them, refrain from judging us. I think every family has to make certain decisions during this time that is right for them and do their best to protect everybody. But when you're dealing with people who are in their 70s and very stubborn and they know how they want to live out the rest of their lives, the rest of their years, and they are well informed of the risks and they want to take them, that is theirs to do. So what you are about to hear are some recordings that I made before, during, and after their stay with us. This first one is a conversation, and I apologize for the audio, but this is a conversation between Brett and I, and we were in our master bathroom getting ready and just kind of talking about how weird it was that his parents were coming to stay with us. How are you feeling about your parents staying here? Isn't that going to be kind of weird? It feels really strange. So I guess probably you'd be the expert on this since your parents have stayed here yeah. so many times. Never in my life, 50 <laughs> years, have I ever had my a parents. sleepover with your mom and dad? Like they're spending at our none of our other houses or yeah, even never. when we lived in Michigan, they would always stay at a hotel. I never thought about that. Yeah. But, but what, what's going through your head? I don't know. I guess I'm more just to see the dynamic because it's not just my parents anymore with my dad's you know, illness that it's like, I don't know what their dynamic is and like how they interact and how they get through the day. You know, I just, you know, I don't know their, any of their habits. Like I know your parents' habits like crazy. They wake up, they spend about an hour getting ready and then they're uh -huh. gone for the day. Yeah. You know, so I don't know like how much entertaining, we got my parents a car, so I don't know how much entertaining we need to do or, mm -hmm. you know. I am 100% just like, I'm ready to go with the flow. I, I guess that's the I can't best. wait to give your mom a glass of red wine. Oh, she's ready for it. Obviously, they're older. They're in that demographic that's at risk of getting the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Although most of us are immune in our household, they still have to travel. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts there? I know you talked to your mom about it. Both of my parents are in their mid-70s. They would rather travel to see family and if that means they're at risk then my mom's like so be it we'll deal with the consequences 
And she's like, also said, like, if that's how I go, that's how I go. Yeah. She would much rather be with family and not isolated and see her grandkids. You know, everybody it has a different approach to it. And my brother and I and, and his wife and kids, they know that, yeah, there's a chance. My We've all talked about it. And it's my mom and dad's decision because we want to see them. And Lord knows we can't stop them from doing anything oh correct they're just gonna you know at that age you just do what you what you're gonna do do what you're gonna do so it'll be interesting to see what has happened with your dad's disease in just six to seven weeks not just the fact that it's been six to seven weeks but also there's been a lot of change probably a lot of it really good for him because i know your mom's stress level has been seems like it's way down Mom's stress level's down. I think even though it's a change of scenery, the dogs went with him, so that was a consistent for him, so he loves the dogs. And my mom's sister lives really close, and I think they jumped into a a really quick routine Mm. where they didn't just do a whole lot. You know, they just kind of hung around the house. We'll we'll see. And the house is a lot smaller. The house that they're in. Yes. But they've got a lot of property. A lot of property. But they came in the late... Fall. They went to Colorado in the late fall. Mm -hmm. Now it's, you know, coming up on winter. So there wasn't a lot to do with the outdoor. Do you know if they got on their flight? They're on their way. Beautiful. Yep. All right, so we just dropped your parents off at the airport. Yes. After, what are we, four and a half, five days? Five days? Yeah. Better than you expected, harder than you thought. It was pretty much what I thought it was going to be. The one thing that I did not anticipate was that he had recollection right away that, wait a second, we have a house here. Yeah. And he wanted to go see that house and didn't understand people renting the house. And so for those of you that have dealt with this disease, the pattern is called a loop. And what they do is they get on the same pattern of asking the same question over and over again in the loop for the first three days was I need to go back to my house why can't I go back to my house who are these people why can't I go there you know so it was really confusing that we're in California he knows that he you know he's only been gone for six 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 or seven weeks so he knows there's a house here so that was confusing to him and then he started to confuse he felt the desire to go check on the house yes and it was confusing that with checking on his parents properties because his parents used to have properties and he and debbie would go and check on them yes and so then he started talking about his parents who have passed many years ago yeah so there was properties that they take care of about an hour from here but so all of those memories started kind of you know blending together and like you know like a piece of yarn like all tied up you know and tangled and so none of the synopsis were hitting in the brain. So he's just and basically... it's hard to understand what he, he was yeah. wanting because we were trying to... Well, your mom in particular is often trying to figure out, like, what is it he wants? Where you are just like, what answer does he need to calm his brain? Correct. A hundred percent. So, yeah, my mom feels the need as the spouse and somebody that's been with him forever is to tell him, the, like, basically tell him the truth and tell him in so many details that he can't process that where in actuality all you want to do at that point is tell him what makes his brain go okay and soothes him and makes him feel good and about the situation yeah so for example 
with the house situation, my mom would say, well, people are renting it. We don't own it anymore. We rent it and they pay us. That Well, that's the truth. And everybody, if I told you that, would understand that and go, oh, okay. But what he needs to hear is there's a really good family that's living in there. And we're helping them. And we're helping them. And they're really good and they got good kids. And then that all those goods and good family <laughs> soothes the mind for them. Yes, everything like, is good then, family, good guy, yeah, good kid. That we know them. Yeah. You know, and so that makes it go okay. But it might only make it okay for 10 minutes. Right. Before he asks the same exact question. And the frustrating part about it is, is that you have to answer it. You want to answer it differently. But you can't. You have to answer it the same exact way you did 10 minutes ago because it made him happy. So once you figure out what makes him happy or doesn't cause him to be have anxiety, you just stick to that and that's impossible for somebody that doesn't have the disease to process because you think that you need to keep changing the answer and you yeah. don't you just have to come up with the the answer that makes him feel best and use that forever and ever and ever yeah until that answer doesn't make him feel good anymore then change the answer yeah your mom seems i mean i could be wrong but she seems really happy She's extremely happy in Colorado. Because she's by her sister. She's, she's with her sister. She's by her sister. She sees her sister, you know, at a minimum every other day. Most of the times they're seeing each other every day. Yeah. So. Does that make you feel a sense of relief? I would feel, I would feel 100% about the situation if there was somebody there helping my mom, which she has now promised that she's going to you know, have a caretaker come in because I mean, at this stage, everybody that has this disease has a caretaker at the stage that he's at. Or it's a family member who is being the caretaker. Yes. And my brother and I, and you know, and you and Dana all don't, we don't feel that it's my mom's responsibility to do the things that need to be done on a daily basis. So, but we do feel that somebody needs to do them. Absolutely. And we're able to have a very blunt conversation with your mom, which I think was another really great thing that came out of this trip because she worries that you guys will be upset with her if she's yeah. not doing things or is doing things or all of those things. She, she just worries that you guys will be upset with her because she has been very honest about her resentment over this you know, very difficult situation yes. that she didn't bargain for. And I think that's bold of her and courageous of her to to honestly say that because I think a lot of caretakers just suck it up. They tough it and, out. And they end up dying first. Yeah. Or they, you know, are just resenting their spouse and just the whole situation and they let themselves and their get away. deteriorates. Yeah. So the best thing that can happen out of this, because you just, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen, you know, except for the big guy upstairs. And you just have to play the hand that's dealt. But um, your mom is also part of if I can add, I think what you guys are doing really right is communicating because a lot of families, I think they're just like, well, mom or dad or whoever, or the oldest child, they just expect that person to be the caretaker. And, you know, your mom has said like, you know, I, I'm not a nurse. I don't want to do these things. I love him, but I don't want to do, I can't. It's not what I signed up for. And that's not to say that's for everybody. Some people that you know they are massive caretakers maybe they've been in the profession before then it's easy for them different for everybody and you can't judge 
Yeah, no, that's one thing you yeah, can you yeah. can't judge you can't you got to be able to walk in their shoes and you see it from both sides and my mom for the first time she's like she was always kind of not against it but she just wouldn't go to support groups when she lived here in california and she's already signed up she's going to a support group on wednesday yeah. and that's where she'll you know ask some questions about caretakers and you know and, and protocol and how to do that so that somebody can come into the house and, you know, and we already talked about it. It needs to be a male. I mean, the guy was a football coach for 50, 60 years, you know, 50 years of his life. He's a football coach. He's around males all the time. Male coaches, males. And it's just, I know that he's going to thrive better with mm. a buddy, with mm. a guy that's going to be like, hey, let's do this. Let's do that. Mm. It's going to be harder to find, I think. It'll probably be I harder. I could to be wrong. But. It'll probably be harder to find, but, you know, it's worth the effort. Because I think it will be over, you know, be smoother. And, you know, and, and this is the next phase. So, like, the books all say, like, there's all these different stages. And we're just at a stage now where, you know, he's still watching them over the four days. I mean, he's still has a lot of fun and, and you know, oh, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't laughs. talk a lot, but he understands what people are doing and what's funny. And he's got a couple dogs at home that he loves. And so there's just a lot of things that he still has when he wakes up, you know, a purpose to do things. And he it, loves and having a purpose, loves having a purpose, loves having a job. Help me clean for hours. And well, I read a lot of the comments cause I reposted what you sent. Uh -huh. So a lot of people commented to family members. With yeah. Two Alzheimer's? of them people were like, they cared for people too uh -huh. that have this. And they said it's their number one thing that they want. They want jobs. They want stuff to do. They want to feel like they're doing something. Yes. Yeah. Give them a room. Yeah. Every day. And ask him to do it, even if it doesn't need to be done. Yeah. I swept the upstairs, and then I told him, I said, Bob, you've got much longer arms than me. Can I ask you to do me a favor? And he's like, you got it. You bet. You bet. Jumps up. I said, can you sweep under, like, all the couches and under the table? And he goes, you got it. Give it to me. <laughs> See, and, you know, he's, he's got to take advantage of it, because at some point, he's not going to know what that even means. That's right. Oh, that was a sad moment is when he swept everything into a pile and he had the dustpan in his hand. He didn't hand. know how to do which way. And I saw him looking at that pile of sand, uh -huh. basically from the kids on the beach. He was holding the dustpan and, and he didn't kind of know what to do with it. And so I said, do you want me to take that? And so he handed it to me and then he went over to the sink and he got a Kleenex and he wet the Kleenex down and then he, you know, bent down. But it was such a big pile. So I was like, that's a good idea. That'll clean up the edges. Let me... Let me just sweep it into the, to help you. And then you just use that. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clean that up real good. Yeah. And then every time I put a little something in the trash can, he wanted to go empty the trash can outside. <laughs> so I put like a couple, like just leaves that I found yeah. on the ground, just throw them in the little trash can. So he'd, he'd look at it and he goes, want me to take this outside to the trash? I'd say, absolutely. That'd be great. So he'd yeah. walk out to the trash, he'd empty out the little trash can, come back in. He hears everything and he like you can say like, well, she's gonna go over there. He goes, Who's going where? Like he you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you noticed that? What's funny is when it's just a natural instinct, when someone starts to lose their cognition, you assume that they're also losing their hearing and their vision and they've look losing none of that. Yeah. He, this guy isn't. No, and like, or he, hand eye coordination. Uh that's starting to go for him. Where where did you see that? 
hand-eye coordination and don't say like the dustpan sweeper. I'm, I'm talking about like walking around and, and uh, well, like stacking the chairs. You couldn't stack the chairs. Yeah. And hand-eye coordination is also like sitting down in the um. Yeah, that's true. Recliner. So yeah. th- those things are kind of new. Yeah, those are new. Yeah. He's definitely had a decline. Mm-hmm. He doesn't rem- remember my name. No, he he just remembers that he knows you. Yeah. You know, you're a familiar face, and yep. you know he doesn't know the grandkids' names. He forgot your name. Yeah. It, unless, you know, it was said. Then yeah. obviously he's like, "Oh yeah, Brett." But if he wanted to ask a question about you, he couldn't remember to yeah. say, "Yeah, where's Brett?" He still knows. Like, if you said, "Go give Shalene a hug," he'd sure. right know who Shalene is. Yeah. He just can't remember the name right off to the say head. it. Yeah. 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 But, you know, we went and got a haircut. I mean, he must, yesterday he ate so much food and he, and he loves to graze too in between, but he crushed the food. He stayed up later when he was here, so that means he was mm-hmm. having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom kept on saying, he's, he's staying up like two hours later than he does mm-hmm. back at home. And, and, you know, his hour time difference, you know, it's like three hours for him. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, so that means he was having fun and he wasn't, you know, he was just listening and, being part of everybody and you know and I think that was do very... you think it's important that like for example you and Rob can have the relief of being able to joke about funny things that happen you have to I mean if you you go crazy if like everything that happened you were so like oh my god that's doom and gloom and that's the worst thing ever I mean, you, there are certain things you just have to laugh at oh they're so funny you know I mean, you can't even like go over all of them. I mean, there's just so many little. But what little... were some of your funniest? Well, yesterday there was an animal in the house. That one where he's like, because when he looks at windows, he sees shapes. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, "Yeah, Brett, what's over there?" And I was like, "What do you mean over where?" He's like, "Over in that window. There's animals in that window. <laughs> there's animals out there." <laughs> and then Rob's like, "Yeah, there's a couple moose. We're at the beach." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, so, so that bad. kind of stuff is funny and he literally he loves to clean. Yes. He literally will just like start picking things off the floor. Like little tiny specks of specks of, you know, you get in the dust. carpet, you know, we have really fine thin carpet and he just pick up the little pieces of lint or whatever off the thing for hours. He, for hours and he puts them in his hand and then he goes and shows them to you cuz he doesn't know if it's trash or if it's something maybe you need. Yeah. Oh, today when they were about to get on the plane, everything in our house he picked up and said, yeah. are, are we taking this? Yeah, yeah. Debbie, do we need this? He was stealing your microphone. <laughs> He's like, is this, is this ours? You should have said yes. a microphone. I said, yeah, dad, you, you don't, you know, you sing all the time. And then he picked up the iPad. He- oh, and then the first day I like got the shower ready for him. He came downstairs after showering. He's like, it's the best shower ever. He's so positive. Like it could have been the worst shower mm-hmm. ever. And he was still going to say it's the best shower ever. Mm-hmm. Every day I was able to tell him that my chair was new yep, because every- we have a recliner and it's just a little difficult for him to, it's comfortable. He likes to sit in a recliner. It, there's some coordination. He has to sit down. He's got to then like push back. Yeah. There's no like armchair. You have to kind of, you know, yeah. put your lower back into the bottom of it and it pops up. So every time I would see him kind of pacing, I would say, Hey Bob, I got a new chair. Why, why don't you try it out for me? He goes, oh, well, look at this. Yeah. Every day it was new. <laughs> yeah. He goes, When'd you get this? Yeah. I'm like, just got it. Of course, the looking at the beach was awesome and the sunset every night. He loved that. Yeah, yeah. There's just lots of good parts. Overall, I think it was 
a good trip. Yeah, it was. I think that we were so apprehensive about your parents moving to Colorado. We tried to stop it. We, oh, we just wanted to take control. And then we just finally realized they're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. And we can't control it. And they seem really happy. And so we'll, we'll go back over and see them and see their setup in a month or so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So thanks so much for spending this time with us in the car, spending some time with our family and for following along and for caring so much. I just, ugh, I don't want to get choked up, but I really appreciate it. And I know some of you are going through this and my prayers are with you. Man, especially if you're the caretaker. If you know someone, if someone in your family is the caretaker, reach out to them, do whatever you can to give them a break. It is so, so hard on the caretaker. It just, it can really destroy their quality of life. And so many family members will do that without thanks, without financial support. And if that's you, I just want you to know you are an angel here on earth. But also I want you to know that your life matters too. And you should be living it. We have an obligation to make sure that the people we love are cared for. I'm kind of emotional tonight as I'm recording this because, uh, because I've been watching TikTok videos. You know, I don't know if you watch TikTok videos, but if you watch TikTok, it can be incredibly addictive. And there's this joke that the TikTok algorithm is so good, it is so predictive that like it knows what's going on in your life and it will suddenly start feeding you those kinds of videos. And so then the joke is, oh yeah, I'm on the troublesome teens TikTok or I'm on the basketball TikTok or I'm on the I'm currently on the Alzheimer's TikTok. And some of those videos are really they're interesting and sad and informative and refreshing and profoundly moving. I guess that's why I'm a little bit emotional, but the one thing this whole experience has taught me is that you've got to have dialogue with your children while you are of sound mind. You need them to know what your expectations of them is. I do not want my children to sacrifice their lives to take care of me. I want to be cared for. I want to be taken care of, but I want quality of life and I want them to have theirs. I would be very upset thinking that they would be sacrificing or that somehow my life could prohibit them from living theirs to their fullest, if that makes sense. So I hope that we've got an audio record of me making it very, very clear that I want my kids to live their lives. I don't want them to be burdened by me. I don't want them to feel obligated to do that. I say that, but I also have seen these beautiful videos of grown children taking care of their parents who have Alzheimer's you know, on TikTok. And I just, I think it has to be an individual decision for each and every person. I don't think we can judge other people and tell them that they should be taking care of this person or shouldn't be, or I just, I don't think we know unless we've been in another person's shoes and God has a plan for all of us. But I do know it is so important that number one, we have these conversations with our family members while we are of sound mind. Number two, that we understand 
that we can make choices with our lifestyle that will improve our quality of life as we age and can help us prevent Alzheimer's. There's a wonderful, wonderful book called The End of Alzheimer's. That is a book about prevention and also to reverse or slow down some of the signs if you know someone who's been diagnosed. Another book I would highly recommend, I've talked about it on the show, if you have someone who has Alzheimer's, a couple of books. Number one is Speaking Alzheimer's, amazing. And Finding Moments of Joy, amazing. The 36-hour day, also fantastic for caregivers. We're going to continue to update you in the three weeks since Brett's parents have left. It sounds as though Bob has experienced an additional decline and we're trying to get to the bottom of it. It's kind of hard where we are and where they are and with COVID. Oh my gosh, COVID has made things so hard on everyone. I just, my heart goes out to you. I can't believe we're still here. I can't believe this is still going on, but yet in so many ways, this has been the best year ever. There's been so many blessings. Look for the blessings. They're all around you. You'll see them. When we focus on what's going right, when we focus on what's good, we're going to get more of that. If we focus on the negatives, if we focus on what sucks, if we focus on those things we can't control, things are just going to get worse. So focus on the blessings. Be grateful. I am so grateful for you, really. (sighs) I can't even put it into words. I love you. I mean it. And I look forward to talking to you soon.